0: Card games TV one podcast. Uh, best of one competitive play, um, time rules. Um, you know, uh, winning strategies. I think that's what this will be mainly about: like winning strategies, or at least best of one and best of three winning strategies. Because the goal is to win, right? People want to win. See, in casual play, we know the way to win is to, I mean, there's a couple ways to win, but typically they just to deal eight damage to your opponent, and that determines who's the winner. Um, if you play more than one game, then it's the whole best two out of three thing, right? And that's about it, right? The most basic level. Then there's the, you know, uh, how you win, right? other than you know dealing eight damage you can win through a auto wincon effect a milling um, your opponent out right uh even just doing some type of burn damage you know um that can get your opponent down to you know zero which is not too different from just getting your point down to zero so pretty much auto wincon, con milling your point out we're getting, we're dealing eight damage, regardless if it's, you know, through attacks or effect damage. Because they're relatively the same. Different ways of getting to the same result, right? Yeah. Um, technically, there's a fourth way of winning. And that's just your opponent conceding. Your opponent just, you know, uh, accepting defeat, surrendering, whatever you want to call it. Ice scooping. So that's the technical fourth way you can win at well, any card game, especially if, if the card game has the whole uh, you lose when you run out cards rule. There's like maybe one or two games that don't have that as a rule because the idea is you take your drop or graveyard area, shuffle it, and just keep on playing the game until there's a winner, right? But other than that, most card games like this one do have the deck out rule. so. So auto win uh, dealing your way damage or milling them out is the three things you're going to try to do or at least the three ways you can win the game so when it comes to time rules right what well, competitive play competitive play uses time now me personally I don't play With time, I am going to start making a habit of playing with time because that does matter. Um, I'm going to need to start using a timer when I play. So that way I can, uh, you know, get into the habit of being able to do but so much in a short period of time. I mean, it's a challenge, right? Uh, The fact that there is a time limit makes it work my moves and decisions and plays and deck building has to be on point just to take that to account. Normally I don't take time to account because of the fact that it's like uh, the whole idea is just to get to a certain point in the game where I can, you know, pull off my win con. You know, so the game, the time, right, the game is not over until the game is actually over. And that's the determining factor of time for me. But the fact that we actually have an outside element, a.k.a. time, you're allowed a certain amount of time, whether it be 30 minutes, 40 minutes or an hour, right, 60 minutes to play. I was in a duel for about two hours. I ended up being the winner because I built my point out. But the thing is, is that the match shouldn't have taken two hours to complete. Personally, I don't like things taking too long anyway. 30 minutes you know at most um even 45 minutes an hour is reasonable but i'm just saying at least cuz it's about what 15 minutes per game right best of 3 if if you're doing best of 3 it shouldn't take uh, more than 45 minutes to to play three uh three three games at mo- at most if three games end up having to be a thing but you know like i said Time is time. So with that being be, be, you know being said, you know keeping that in mind, time, then you need to try to play strategies that don't take too much time to to play out. Or if you're gonna play a strategy that does take a long time to play out, like. Let's say you're you're doing turning tides and you're not ramping. So that means you're hard casting turning tides on turn seven, which is going to take a lot of time because let's say hypothetically it takes you five minutes per turn. Right. And you need you need seven turns in order to play your turning tides. So five times seven is thirty five. If I'm right, right? six times five is thirty. You get 35. Thirty-five minutes. And if you're playing best of one, well, you're only allowed t- typically thirty minutes for a best of one match. So that extra five minutes, AKA that extra turn, you're not gonna get, right? And that's if if each of your turns is taking that long. So that means you have to divide that with your opponent, right? So that means you have to take no more than two minutes and two and a half minutes for your turn, two and a half minutes for your opponent's turn, vice versa, just so you guys can try to get 30, 35 minutes. Well, obviously 30, is the most you can get unless uh sometimes you do get the extra five minutes for like overtime so they tend to sometimes give you five minutes overtime so mathematically it does add up to um 35 minutes for you know, best of one but it's a fact that you and your opponent have to literally use at most at most two and a half minutes at most each which means if slow playing is a factor well that's drastically reducing to two and a half, okay, the two and a half um, minutes, right? Because if it takes you three minutes for your turn or four minutes for your turn to conclude, you know, that's a lot of time being wasted. So like I said, because time is a factor, everything, time is against you, right? Time is against you. So having a strategy like that, so you might not want to go that route. Even though turning tides can you know get you a lot of W's, you don't have that much time for it. More reason why you should be ramping if you're gonna play turn tides, right? That we can do a maybe potentially at earliest a turn four turning tides. Um turn five is plausible. Turn six, you know, can be a little typical if you can ramp at least once, but ramping twice means turn five, ramping three times, at least turn four. So just depends what you're playing that can help you ramp up that fast so I think Super Saiyan 3 Goku with, with Magenta Fire with Supreme Kai can at, can get you a turn for turning ties if I'm right but anyway yeah well if you get too much in the fires you probably can so I'm trying to remember does it take three or four turns for you to get six energy with Super so Saiyan 3 Goku reboot? It's been a while. Gotta look at the leader again. See how long it takes to get the all six energy plus Majin Fire. So that way she counts as the seventh energy for turning ties. But anyway, when you have a strategy like that, you have to consider, you know, time. You gotta consider if your opponent takes too long on their turn right they spend five minutes per turn so that means if they that means in four turns if they take five minutes per turn four four turns that's 20 minutes that they're they're burning from a 30 minute round which means you only got 10 minutes to win or to at least put yourself in a position to win so with that kind of stuff being an issue the fact that we don't have every turn you know uh measured out time wise you know where no one can take longer their turn than they should. Um, because of that, you're gonna have to take into account this. Like, yeah, probably gonna have to play a strategy this a little bit slower or still have the strategy, right? The win con of you know turning the tides and whatnot, but having a turn alternative strategies to get you a W anyway in case you can't achieve a win con. We always call it, you know, a backup plan. It's like, you have a backup plan or at least a backup win con. Now, sometimes that comes in the form of cards. Like, you can have other cards in your deck as a win con. Sometimes I try to have more than one card in a deck that can be used as a win con, right? Sometimes I try to make, I try to have the leader be my, my finisher, for example. I right, will try to have a battle card or two as a finisher a unison as a finisher as example maybe even an extra card as a finisher like catastrophic blow or something like that right try to have something that could potentially help me you know finish out the game but if i can't get, play those cards and most of those cards aren't that cheap most cards that are capable of being finishers, capable of being used to uh you know um finish the game in your favor tend to be five costs and higher on average some sometimes there's some four drop cards you can use as a win con but i notice mathematically there's most cards that can be used as a win con tend to be five costs and higher even some unisons where uh, in order to use them you need to minus four in order to get their you know, ability to get really strong and have double strike and dual attack and all these extra benefits right so obviously they're meant to be a finisher but if you add the fact that in order for them to stay on the field they need to at least have one marker then you then when you have to take into account the four markers you got to remove plus you need a marker for the card to stay on the field so it can attack then that means you need five markers which usually means you need five energy could you play for four energy and then attach a second copy to give it a marker so it has five markers then yeah, that's that's one way to reduce the cost and be able to play a turn five play, right? Unison finisher on turn four. So there is a way to play it a turn sooner than later. Or you play some ramp strategy and play it, play your finisher on turn three or whatever, right? So anything is possible. It's just a matter of taking that stuff to account and then making sure that you have that stuff to do, right? Because the purpose of your deck is to do the things you want to do, right? It's not about you find you look at a deck and say, "Oh, this deck looks fun and cool and interesting," and then try to make it, you know. Try to play it competitively per se, or try to play it to to the end result of winning. What you're really supposed to be doing is thinking about how you want to win, how fast you want to win. You know, uh, that's where the whole You know burn or aggro or a mill or even an auto win right thinking about which one of these ways you want to win or you want to use multiples like you might want to use um an auto win con con with a um, mill strategy so your deck your leader let's say is the the one that has the auto win uh, feature like the beerus leader pay 16 win and then in your deck you have a bunch of mill cards that way you're using you're trying to mill your opponent for game but if you don't succeed as long as you can get 16 energy hopefully you're playing ramp cards right (laughs) 16 energy then you can just use your auto win con so you have at least two ways you could potentially win technically a third which is just dealing your opponent eight damage but if you know like i know (laughs) you should know that dealing the last two damage is the hardest in this game um because combo is a thing um if combo wasn't a thing then the last two damage would be less hard because then it just boils down to blockers and negates maybe a effect of uh, an effect of a car like a unison or something that would try to prevent your attack from going through and that's about it but it's not too difficult to uh prevent blockers um to potentially prevent a effect from affecting your battle cards right because you could just play something as barrier and that will already make you immune to any effect that would try to hurt you that doesn't say ignoring barrier obviously Um, plus you could just use a unison for example that's already automatically immune to any um, um effect that would try to uh ko warp uh reduce power uh, bounce or whatever a battle card since unisons aren't battle cards they're immune to a lot of things they're immune to a lot of counter plays. they're immune to a lot of kill cards you know battle tricks as they say that kind of stuff all right so more reason to use unisons as finishers and leaders than battle cards as finishers use battle cards for other purposes defense maybe you know to apply a little pressure a little you know for aggro purposes but mainly, just use them for defense. You know, use them for combo power, right? But use your leader and your unison as your main uh, attackers, right? Your your game-winning uh, attacks, because they're immune to so many things. So, it's the whole uninteractable uh, win con or uninteractable um, card concept. Um, and the same goes for like an extra card, like catastrophic blow, for example. And there are some other cards that are similar. There is a extra card. It's a Xenol extra card where it's a win con. But you gotta meet the conditions. But um, you get the idea. There are some win cons that, you know, or or cards you can use to win the game that aren't battle um, card related. Um, So, obviously, these are things to look into and to keep in mind. Especially when new sets drop. I'm always looking to see if there's a new potential win con preferably that's not a battle card so that way it has a better chance of being a win con because it's you know the whole uninteractable so definitely always interested in leaders that are finishers unisons that are finishers extra cards that they can you know they can finish the game you know so we shall see I mean, it'd be interesting to make a super combo that when you combo, it deals your of damage. That'd be kind of cool, uh, obviously it'd be busted, but just an idea, random idea. Make it where you and your opponent both take damage, so that way there's, there's a cost, because if you and your opponent both have one life, then using the super combo would be a bad idea because both of y'all because then it just the game will end at a time i mean probably be a bad idea game mechanic wise just because it could produce a lot of ties and that right there could make a you know toxic uh you know gameplay right and it's like oh no this shouldn't even be in here because it just keeps creating this scenario where people are tying on purpose just so they can try to get w's through tying or some ridiculousness the attack doesn't have to go through for it to for it to be effective. So yeah, so it's a bad idea. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. It's a bad idea. Um, so I like the idea of a super combo to make sure make sure opponent mill at least one card. That'd be nice. Two cards would be better, but at least one 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 card. um Because we have like you know a card that makes your opponent discard a card from or a warp or card from the card card, a card from the hand. There's another card that makes your opponent discard a card from the hand that you combo um what we don't have yet is a super combo that makes your point at mill so that's why i'm mentioning it because it'd be kind of cool to have that and um also you know i'm into the whole mill thing so it would be nice to have a super combo that mills but anyway well i was i was at about you know you want to pick how you want to win and then try to make it happen faster because time is against you, right? Time is a factor, and then there's, you know, there's the human element. Uh, since everybody, you know, don't have internal clocks, as they say, you know, or not willing to put an effort to put time. Because the funny thing is, since we all have phones, it wouldn't be that hard to like make an app that literally has a timer thing where you put um, forty, you know, like let's say the round is thir- uh, the game, The round is thirty minutes, right? Boom, thirty minutes, and then. Um, it, it counts the turns so you'll literally have a turn counter and it's a it's already math math it's already the it already takes um the time that you put so let's say you put 30 minutes and it, it automatically calculates how much time it will take for 30 minutes to be how many turns is in 30 minutes is what i'm trying to say so if it says like you know there's 16 turns in 30 minutes and that means t- essentially eight turns per person so that means every each person each player has eight turns <sighs> right or at least we just set it up where uh, we have it allotted for a certain amount of time where we like okay um, maximum seven eight turns for example maximum eight turns obviously that won't that some people who go like, oh man but I need my, my is A turn ten strategies like okay <laughs> But this is a turn eight uh, format right now, right? It's like you only have up to turn eight, so you better find a way to ramp that ten drop so you can play it on turn eight, because you're not gonna get to turn turn ten to play it. So you better you better try to win win sooner than later, right? So you might have to change up your strategy. But that's the whole point of this um, conversation is point out the fact that because in competitive play time is a factor. You're going to have to speed things up so you're going to have to try to play less cards to search right because that just wastes more time um try to try to play cards that have more uh that will have multiple effects but also have a lot of the same effects basically like have a whole bunch of cards that can give double strike plus do other things right you know have uh, multi-purpose cards right like in my aggro deck i have Champa and e Supreme kai so these so that means i have eight cards in my deck that can give me 10k combo power plus double strike All Right? so that way whenever i need that ability it's it'll be there instead of me trying to draw or search out uh, that that card that effect especially if i you know, I see some people only play one Chompa in their deck. I'm like, all right, so he's their own. But I, I'd rather see that card more often than not because early game, especially turn one, turn two, I want to deal a lot of damage. At least the first four damage because it's the easiest. I want to do that much damage in the first two turns because after turn two, it's going to be harder to do damage. So, especially if my opponent draws a whole bunch of cards. And if they draw more than me, and they have a strategy where... They're always out, hand sizing me. Then that drastically reduces the chances of me winning through attacks. That means I have to change my strategy. Since they're drawing a lot, then I have to switch to milling them out. Right, and especially with the way the game is right now, the player base I should say, are leaning towards more, you know, draw-heavy deck strategies, and they even play uh, like low card counts, like less than 55 cards per deck. Most players don't play 60 card decks. So. The likelihood of them decking out. Is a lot higher. Alright. So. Just take into account. That they might draw 10 to 20 cards. On top of the fact that. They already took out. What? 8 for their life. 6 for their hand. So. 8. 9. 10. 14 cards. So they already took out 14 cards. At the beginning of the game. From their deck. Then on top of that. They might draw ten to twenty cards, right? Let's say. So let's say twenty. So twenty on top of the fourteen. So that's thirty-four cards. Thirty-four cards out of the, out of the fifty card deck. Well, I mean they're fifty let's say the fifty-four card deck, which means they have twenty cards left in the deck. So you gotta So you gotta mill them for twenty cards, you know, to mill them out, right? And that's if you have a mill strategy. If you don't have a mill strategy, then it's just a matter of oops stalling until they do mill you know deck out right but if you have a mill strategy then 20 card mill is all you would need which means you need to mill them two cards 10 times at at least which if you can mill them two cards on your turn two, on your opponent on their turn then that's a total of 10 turns you know five of your turns five of their turns type of thing on top of what you know they're already doing to themselves which is drawing 20 plus cards anyway as an example so i'm working on a Janimba deck so obviously i'm doing those uh those calculations for that for that deck um i definitely would like more cards to that, that says my opponent draws cards like draw two cards draw three cards type stuff it'd be kind of cool Shit, sure, it'd be cool if a super combo lets my opponent draw two cards. I know that sounds counterintuitive. Some people would be like, oh, that's a stupid idea. A super combo lets your opponent draw two cards. I'm like, uh, oh, not for me. You know, drawing two cards, it, to me, is similar to um, them milling two cards, right? Granted, milling two cards would be a better effect, right? Um, and most people would agree that milling two cards is better than letting your opponent draw two cards. But hey, T's down. To me, it's the same thing regardless. But whatever. So we need to speed up our strategy. We need to make sure that whether we're playing best of one or best of three, game one in best of one or best of three is the most important uh, game. Game two, game three, a little irrelevant, right? But game one is very important. You need to win... You need to win your game ones, at least. You know, especially in best of one, all you have is game one. So you definitely need to win that if you want to win at all, right? If you don't want to win, hey, you do you. (laughs) But if you want to win, you got to win game one. In best of one and in best of three. And there's a couple ways of doing it. And, of course, what I'm saying is is keep that in mind. Because I had a couple scenarios where very low in cards they are like my first round point had three cards left in their deck and i'm like "Mm, just 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 three just three just three more turns three more turns if i can stall out for three more turns they would deck out or if they attack one more time oceanus effect would trigger and they would deck out and that's before an attack could even you know be successful so I will win just by an attack being declared. So, I'm like, so close, so close. Three three cards left in the deck, so close. Um, Had another scenario where I think my opponent ended up with two cards left in the deck. Because they had like six cards, so they still have one attack left um, that they could do. And they made the most of that attack. No, i think what it was is that he, he decided yeah he decided not to attack he's like okay i'm gonna just end my turn it's like all right cool um he didn't want to risk it for the biscuit as they say right so but that's the thing he had six cards left in his deck another opponent had three cards left in the deck it's like hmm, if i only had you know jadimba <laughs> unison in my deck right if i if i had a mill strategy or anything you know if i had some way of Making my opponent uh, lose the last two. Um, I mean, lose the last cards of the deck. I will win just with that alone. But the other factor to take to account, and since I don't keep track of time, which I need to make a habit of doing now, obviously, um, keeping my opponent's life lower than mine. And I already typically, especially on average, get my opponent down to two life. By turn three or four so um all I have to do is just keep my defenses up and I could just win in time I could just win in time. Now I prefer to win by dealing my eight damage. I have no problem with uh, winning through my opponent decking out and whatnot you know right these are these are legit, you know valid win conditions but winning just because I just so have to have more than my life than my opponent's like It's just funny of an idea, considering the fact that I've always uh, had high life Um, ever since I started playing the game. I always was very defensive of my life, always trying to make sure it doesn't take hits left and right. I'm always trying to defend it, so I always tend to have high life. Part of why I stopped playing the super combos, you know, um, a year after, you know, starting to play the game, right? Because after a year, I was like, I don't really get to use the super combos. Like I don't, I I I typically have five or more life. By the time the super combo, by the time I need the super combos, like right now it'd be nice to use the super combo for me to go for game, but I have five life. I can't play it, and that's the thing. Now of course some people would be like, well then for all that you should just. You know, let yourself go down to four, and then they'll they'll be useful. Yeah, but that's not how I play. Could I do that? Yes, of course. I could allow myself to get down to four life, so that way they could be useful. But I just think that's just a bad idea. Just like just seems weird, of you know, just just to make a card like that. Uh, especially, it's it's the other thing is that super camels are pretty random. There's no guarantee that you know just because i'm using super combos doesn't guarantee me that i'm gonna win um good like i said i've played it played super combos a lot um you know different types obviously the multi ones are my favorites but you know and, and they never really guarantee me victory i mean they were helpful they got me close or something or i did win you know but it, it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed, and that's the thing for me. It's like, I want to win. I want to win when I want to win, right? I have a strategy that once I pull off the strategy, I'm I'm guaranteed to win. I don't want to be in a scenario where it's like, I could win. It's like, no, nah, I want to win, right? I don't want to be in a scenario where I could win, right? Just like I want to be in a scenario that I could lose, right? A scenario where it's like, you know, right now, I should be in a winning position. I go for a game and then end up not, you know, getting games just because of randomness and for me super combos are part of randomness and unless you know how much combo power your opponent has in your hand that's what you try to do the combo math to, to at least estimate estimate how much combo power they have or use the open hand strategy and literally look in their hand and be like okay I know exactly how much combo power you have and I'm going to rip that super combo out that has a draw effect just to make sure there's no extra random stuff coming out. right. I don't want there to be suddenly you play a super combo, draw into another super combo, play that, draw into another super combo. I've seen that before. Somebody why you play a super combo and draw it into a super combo and just kept doing that. And like, damn, the odds of you getting your super combos like that back to back. You know, and that's the thing. That's what so it makes it as a level of randomness. And I don't want random randomness when it comes to determining if I win or lose. So I try to mitigate anything that is random, anything that could potentially be random. But, you know, so that way, what I whatever I use is deliberate. It's on purpose. It does what I want. I needed to do when I needed to do it. I don't want I don't want anything to be random. So after a while, I just stop using super combos part of it was not the draw draw is a little irrelevant super combos could literally have no effect other than zero cost 10k the thing was they didn't guarantee you the zero cost 10k i'm okay not being able to draw with a super combo that's why i played the multicolor super combos that don't have draw effects because <sighs> i don't really need the draw like that it's useful but i don't need it like that what I really needed, which was hard to get a lot of the times, was the 10k combo power. Because the super combos had no combo power until you had four or less life, which I typically didn't have. But that's the reasoning for why I stopped using super combos for a long time, until the multicolor ones came out, then I started using them. But ultimately, all in all, zero cost 10k combo power is nice, but it's not necessary. Especially I'd rather not be in a position where I have to combo because to me that's just a waste of valuable cards. But I've said that many times before in other videos and stuff. So no need to keep repeating, you know, that. that That should be a given by now. But, you know, I'm always looking for different ways to win because we already have certain established... Uh, win cons, right? Certain battle cards you can use as a win condition, certain unisons, even certain leaders you can use as a win condition, or at least to build a deck that makes it easier to win, right? You know, for me, most of my go-to leaders is Bulma, to Setu Settuzumaz- uh, sorry, When it comes to needing a defensive leader, um, and you know, specific colors. So if I need a red leader, this defensive, then Bomo tends to be the pick, right? If I need a black leader, this defensive, Hachiak, right? If I need a blue leader, this defensive, or anti-aggro, right? Then that's set to Zamasu. <coughs> but if I need to, um, if I need to, uh, ramp, obviously, main ramping is mainly a blue thing Um, I'm still waiting for them to make green capable ramping maybe ramping in a a different way but anyway um, then obviously there's there's some blue leaders that are good for ramping or if I just need the ability to um, untap energy after I tap them so I can play multiple cards in a turn then obviously soul striker would be one of those options and then the new crimson warrior will be another option when it comes to untapping energy or any leader that when they awaken they untap two energies will be like my go-to and if i need you know the ability to untap that it's not with a red a blue leader then obviously any other leader that can untap energy that's of a different color red green black whatever would be stuff i look into and the list goes on, depending on what I need and what I'm trying to do determines what deck I'm going to play and what deck I'm going to choose, what leader I'm going to play. This is why it's surprising that most people don't have like a list of leaders that they consider or that they're interested in using possibly for a strategy or um, um, what is it called uh, for competitive play, for example, you know, something that will make sense. Like, for example, set one a champa leader has always been a good leader you know and then they even made a two drop bottles for the for the leaders so that way you can awaken because the most useful part of that leader it's his awaken side because his awaken side has an active main which is not once per turn so it makes it powerful that you could discard a card active main right and give the leader or any of your battle cards double strike that's any battle card that even includes black battle cards so you can so you can overwhelm for something that uh, like for example a good uh strong overwhelm card to use with this effect would be um Fu, banisher something like that um and he has the uh uh you know he has triple attack he can attack three times so give him double strike one time by this card on one card you can discard a unison for that, whatever, discard a card bank. Now he has double strike so he can attack three times and double strike. That means he could potentially do six damage all by himself. And you could do it as soon as turn four, because you only need four energies and like eight cards in your drop in order to to play this out, which wouldn't be that difficult. Right. So that's just something, you know, to keep in mind. Um, of things you can do. Obviously, you can play a whole bunch of cards in the deck that have dual attack, that are you know battle cards, obviously, and give them double strike so they can, you know, swing more than once and do damage. And that'll definitely be useful against you know a deck like Hatchiak for example. Being able to give your battle cards they can attack more than once, double strike, so that they can deal more damage or at least have the chance of dealing damage at least once would matter because the idea is to do eight damage right you only need to do two damage right four times in order to win right because that's two times four is eight uh, three times three is nine right so if you have triple strike then you just you just need three attacks to go through of triple strike to win Quadruple um, Strike, obviously, you only need two attacks, and if they create something where the thing deals eight damage, then you just need one attack. Granted, we have something similar to it, which is Victory Strike. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, we're looking for and thinking about that would be useful for helping, you know, get us the Ws, which is which is our main goal is w so that's how I'm always focusing on the game itself you know understanding how the game works understanding understanding why the first four damage is relatively easy and it's like no matter whether I'm playing or somebody else is playing it's like yeah on average most people deal four damage at most on average i've been seeing a lot of game plays and it's like yeah it took him five turns but he dealt, he he did four damage He definitely did. Took him five turns. But he did it. You know what I mean? It just depends on how him and his opponent. It depends on how the player and the opponent, um, you know, was playing. And the decisions they made to determine, you know, how long it took to do the four damage. But they tend to do it anyway. So the point is, most games do end. I mean, mean, most games on average will have uh, players... Players at some point um, lost four for life, um, and then it's just a matter of dealing the that last four damage, right? And the winner is the one who can actually finish off dealing the last four damage. So that kind of stuff. See, so, yeah, I've been in scenarios where I my opponent was at one life, I had eight life, but they won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's possible. You know what I mean? Right? That's a possibility so the thing is is trying to figure out how how sway how did that happen how did i have eight life yet i still lost my opponent only had one (laughs) further proving how hard it is to deal the last damage but if you have a strategy then they can make that eat that that's that that detail that fact it's a fact not an opinion it's a fact if you you could have a strategy a way of dealing the last two damage then you're good um, and that's how you're going to get a lot of your W's, um, when it comes to that, that's now, but there are, there is one, no, nah, there is other, well, I mean, auto win cons and other. so there's three ways you can win that doesn't involve damage mill. Wait, am I saying, right? No, two ways, right? Mill auto win con, All right. Two ways you can win that doesn't involve attacking no 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 i said no i said it right it is three burn right it's still because it's still you know because it's because it bypasses the whole attack thing um this game is about attacking and defending and defending is a lot cheaper than attacking and i've said that for a long time i mean i don't say it a lot publicly but i mean among my friends i always point that out like man it cost me four energy for me to play this this very powerful double strike 20K, you know, car that I'm going to try to use as a win con, right? But it only costs you one energy to stop me. Something as simple as a weak cohesion, just one energy can stop me. Or for free, for free, you know, stuff like blocking the gaze, sparking the gaze, or you just combo the super combo, or just combo the whole bunch of 5Ks, and you were able to stop my attack. Like I said, 1 to 0 it costs you to stop me from winning with a win con but for me to use the win con or use or try to use something to win with which i have to play that means i have to pay for it, right it tends to cost me more than it costs you so it costs me more to try to win than it does for you to stop me so make that make sense right and then you get the free uh, counter plays you know if, if my if my wind con which let's say, which on average probably will cost me five energy to play. If I don't have if if it don't have deflect, the then it's gonna get god sealed. For free, not even for five energy, <laughs> for free. Um, so as you can see the the pattern. I'm just pointing out an observation. Obviously, it's like if you look at it, it's cheaper, easier, more common to you know to stop attacks than it is to attack granted you can say the leader is free uh a unison you know especially we got one drop and two drop unisons and they can be relatively good and they have the ability to, to at least ultimate as as they say and and potentially become finishers and like yeah granted those those do exist so those are possibility and technically there's some free play battle cards you could play for free you know like overall obviously that can help you in these scenarios of being able to freely play something out to attack so you're not paying energy to try to go for game so it's fair that we have some it just there's way more defensive cars um, that are free or cheap than there are uh, wind cones or, or, or finishers or whatever you want to call them right that you know are cheap or free right they cost one or less there's very few right? Um, even ultimates, most of them at, at the cheapest. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, no, there's there's some. But there's more ultimates that cost four or more to play. And you only have one copy of it than um, some ultimates where they cost like just one energy or free. Like a baby hatch yak. Or a, um, what's her name? Pan time patrol. Right, She can get cheaper. She can be free. Um under certain conditions, right? But and again, but they're one of, so the likelihood you know, of getting it to play it um sells them free, right? <laughs> but you gotta have set twelve uh costs worth of battle cards in play, so technically not free per se, but it's you know whatever. Um but still all in all it's cheaper to defend than it is to attack is what I'm trying to say. So with that in mind, then we need to obviously focus on ways to uh, mitigate uh, our opponent's ability to play these types of cards. I remember promoting for a while; didn't really get the credit I deserved, but whatever. Promoted for a while. The idea of using the three-drop Super Saiyan three Goku—think was No, Super Saiyan four is a Super Saiyan Goku three-drop yellow um, battle card that has the ability to force your opponent to, in order for them to play. An extra card on your turn, they have to um, tap a energy. So if they're tapped out, they can't play their free negates. And this was before blocking negates was even a thing. They can't play their free negates. And you know sparking negates. I mean to say, they can't play their sparking negates. So this was a counter to that. This was a way to stop sparking negates. But they still have access to um you know like baby hatchet if they have if they have baby hatchery they have baby hatchet good for them right but this was a way to make it harder not um to play the free you know sparking negate but if they had an energy let's say they had one energy to play a negate this will make it hard for them to play that one negate because of the effect right because they have to to pay for the card and then they have to tap another untapped energy to play it so basically it just made extra cards cost two cards to play or one card to play basically it just it taxed it added a cost to playing a negate which made it awesome so it was, it's like oh man this is not too different from a swift retaliation cooler per se it's just i play this then i swing or overwhelm and start swinging for game right And not have to worry about my opponent, you know, for one energy stopping my attack or for free stopping my attack if they're tapped out. Um, So this was just a way to at least get to the combo step. Now, granted, they could always still stop my attack by comboing. So that's always still an option. So not a guaranteed uh, situation for you to win, but it is still... A more favorable position but the point was is I was putting that out there as an idea strategy especially if you get it out uh, early because I was playing in my my sin Shinron deck I played in many other yellow decks but definitely my sin Shinron deck I think I'm gonna have to bring it back put it back in the deck I still have my place I just don't have it in the deck at the moment Um, but I could put it back and I could put Swift's retaliation and just have like eight cards in my deck that can increase the possibility of preventing a flying nimbus or something like that or violent rays or something similar to that stopping me from being able to you know go for game by paying six so that was part of the strategy was to make it where once i pay six and i start swinging i don't you know get violent rays or um something similar to that. so that was the idea that was the theory behind it um it did catch on people used it blah 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 but you know like i said i didn't get the credit for the spice as they say or whatever at least people were using it so that alone made me happy it's like yes people seeing the value in the card that's awesome people use it that's what i like to see it makes the game more interesting when people are trying to do better in the game which is part of why i share my ideas because one i have these ideas for a reason so i, I can get you know more w's in the game right i'm trying to solve problems if i'm having a problem with my opponent playing negates for free like sparking the gates for example and now blocker negates um then yeah i will want to use something like that to help me fight against that situation to reduce the possibility of that um you know stopping me from from going for game especially if i have a wind con that requires me to attack but burn and miller or, or auto win are the other ways i try to circumvent the whole attack defend thing uh, or just defense in general just it's like i need to bypass my opponent's hand as it were because the bigger my opponent's hand gets the harder it gets the, the the higher the defense is which means the harder it is for me to deal the last two damage right which is why we say the last two damage is the hardest because by the time you get your opponent down to two life whether it's fast like how i do it or slow like how most other people do it your point is going to have a huge hand size unless you rip their hand away Right? And we do have ways of doing it. turn the ties being one of them. Dealing the last two damage is very hard when your opponent has a huge hand size. So. And hand control, uh, it's not that strong <laughs> in those scenarios. Unless it's, you know, a st- cell strategy where you reduce your opponent's hand size down to three or ace uh, turn into the ties or something similar to that, right? So that's the whole no-hand strategy. Just like Yep, these hand sides are getting out of pocket and it gets harder to deal the last two damage and if it's hard to deal the last two damage what's the point right what's the point in playing if i can't guarantee that i can deal the last two damage just because of the game mechanics just because the game state as long as my opponent has a whole bunch of cards in their hand the likelihood of my attacks going through is slim to none and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case right like I'm not saying that. You know, we should restrict our opponent from having a uh, maximum hand size. Yo, imagine if they had that. Um, imagine, if it, uh, like, because if I'm right, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh still has that maximum hand size thing, where at the end of your turn you gotta drop down until you have, you know, a maximum of six cards or something like that. Imagine if they incorporate that into into this game. Woo, woo, that'd be interesting. Um, I mean, since Shenron players will like it because they'll deliberately draw a lot just so that way at the end of their turn they drop a whole bunch of Shadow Dragons to the drop right uh, or yeah a whole bunch of you know dragons yeah it is shadow dragon. a whole bunch of shadow dragons into the drop before their turn six right so that'd be funny something to think about but yeah you know um the game would definitely be different i mean something i would like to test out just test out like how the game would be would it be any different would it uh make the game easier per se right would would the last two damage be easier to to do attack wise so you wouldn't have to resort to milling your opponent out um burning them for the last two damage right or um uh what is it Or win through time rule or you know by having more life than your opponent or uh let's see like casual you can have a maximum hand size but i think I mean, you can have unlimited hand size. But imagine if they incorporated that. They made it where you have a maximum hand size competitively. Would that make competitive play faster? Make it where it... Yeah, your opponent can draw like 30 cards in a turn, hypothetically, right? But they don't get to keep that. All right? So they can draw a lot. So that way they can try to get to certain you know cards that they need. Certain... you know you know, combo pieces for their, their strategy. That is fine. But to keep all that combo power, right? All those negates, right? Those cheap and free negates, right? That'd be too much. So to balance it out, to make sure that, you know, that one deck is not by default stronger than another deck by the hand size. Maybe I should do that. Make a post about that. Should, you know, Bandai... Um, At least competitively um, introduce or add uh, maximum hand size right that'd be interesting just as a as as an idea Um, me I I like a challenge so I'd rather figure out right ways to win the game but logically you know you want you know you want to be able to um, especially in a game where comboing and you know is a thing a maximum hand size will make things a little bit more fair. Ironically, there is a card that I'm playing with in my Janimba deck because I'm doing hand Janimba, uh hand control. Um, I have ready to strike something like that, ready to strike uh, or first strike piccolo, something like that. And he already causes my point um, hand size to reduce down to six. I also have a uh, eight drop gogeta in my zamasu deck that that reduces my opponent's hand size down to three at the end of their turn so these are effects that at the end of my opponent's turn you know causes them to have a maximum hand size by reducing their hand size so right that's 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 a factor that's something interesting and there are some effects you could use to reduce your opponent's hand size from 30 to to at least 11 cards right (laughs) Uh, those are some weird effects, but ironically nowadays, they would be a little viable, but just the idea of in- in- incorporating that, would that make the game at least balanced enough that, you know, outcomes of matches are not largely determined by who has the bigger hand side? Would this make it more balanced, more uh, skill-based, more intensive, where it's not like, oh, I just, I just play a deck where I draw 30 cards and... That's how I win. I win just by having more cards in my point, right? I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! tends to draw a lot. Most other card games tend to draw a lot. Um, But some card games do have a maximum hand size. Magic has one. Yu-Gi-Oh! has one. So it's it's not, so there's a precedence for it, right? It's not out of the norm. I'm not just like, oh my god, I just hate decks that just have 30 card hand sizes. Let's just make a limit something that's never been done in other card games. Like, no, I'm just saying like, hey, other card games, have have a maximum card hand size limit so you know let's see you know at least hypothetically would this be um, something interesting you know for the game would this make it uh, fair balance whatever people want to call it you know in a just-in-case scenario right? oh well we'll see And that's the end of the podcast.